Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. And I'm Drew. And today we will be bringing you a podcast where the only thing that we can guarantee is mediocrity. Tom. I guarantee that guarantee. Yeah. yeah. It's going yeah, to be so-so. Um, we've heard back from our number one fan. Yeah. And uh, if any of you think that you are the number one fan, you better start uh, better start talking to us. Assert yeah, your dominance because their, you have a their lot thoughts would be incorrect. Right. Let's let's check the scoreboard real quick. A. Yeah. First person to email us. Mm. B has emailed us twice. Yeah. So the accolades are piling up. Right. Now, and who are we referring to? Master Winkle. That's correct. That's right. Friend of the pod, Master Winkle. Good friend. Yeah. Good friend. So I've thought of a name. See, Winkle's given us a lot to ponder on. He has. With this, with this most recent missive. <laughs> Which is why I want to, for your consideration, Drew. Oh, okay. Refer to these segments as Winkle's Thinkles. <laughs> I, I really like the first bit. <laughs> All um, right, we'll I, work you know, on it then. It's how just, about this? How about this? When on. when Master Winkle sends us something for us to consider, I'd be more than happy to con- to refer to them as that. He's done that. He's done just that. So this will be the very first Winkle's Thinkles, I suppose. There we go. Oh, a yeah. podcast for children who watch shows on PBS. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> so. <clears throat> he's he's he sent us this email really at a at, at a great time because he couldn't know this but we had we had just last week committed to watching a new hope no no the other one rogue one no hold on we're going what? we're going starting from the beginning am i getting it wrong you are we All had right. agreed to watch the third what's the third star wars called uh, Revenge of the Sith. That's the third one. Yeah. Okay. So episode four, no, a new hope. Yes. No. The original movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We right. agreed to watch the very first one that was released. A new today. hope is the very first one. That's it. Jeez. We're on the same page. Yeah. The very. The we third, really know what we're talking third about one. today. Yeah. I just really want to reinforce. See, Winkle starts out calling himself a fucking casual, and I sure. want to reinforce how much of a fucking casual I am. Well, mission accomplished. I so. saying new hope. <laughs> calling it the third star wars yeah anyway we had committed to watching a new hope yes and then he sends us this thing about rogue one correct so then we pivot and now we're we here we watched we together we watched one and a half rogue ones yeah because i watched half of it because that's who i am as a person which and half did you watch i decided on the very middle so i skipped ahead about 40 minutes okay i'm kidding i'm kidding i watched the first half i imagine that's what you would do yeah uh so first of all thank you winkle Mm -hmm. master winkle for your lovely thought-provoking questions uh i feel like rogue one is interesting for a couple different reasons and first of all it's winkle's favorite oh good. He, he, a good pick. He, yeah it is it's a good one and i did not like it the first time i watched it sure i got that response from a bunch of people uh and then the second time i was like whoa shit what was i thinking the first time because this is way better and then the third time i'm yeah. like okay well this is really great then so i i firmly believe that as a standalone film if you if you take all 11 of the star wars films that have been made Rogue One is the best individual film that they have made. Yeah. And um, if you haven't watched it yet, I'm not sure why you're listening to us, but spoiler alert. Spoilers. There's going to be an in-depth spoilers. So <clears throat> I have another uh, confession. I did not know 
going into this, I did not know that they were not going to make it out alive. Am I supposed to know that? No, you're not. Okay. So here's here's the line in the sand, I would say. Like, if you are someone who who have just watched the movies, like, casually, like, you know, maybe there's, like, a time of year or with a group of people that you watch Star Wars, mm-hmm. or if you just go to the theaters and that's your experience with Star Wars, that's all fine. Like, great. I love the fact that you're watching the movies. Yeah. But it would take, I think, quite a lot for someone who was simply just watching the films like every so often to understand that there was this kind of backdrop story to what amounts to the opening of New Hope, right? And it's a great story. We never really knew what it looked like. We only had broad strokes. And we knew that there was this group that recovered the Death Star plans and delivered it to the rebellion. But what did that look like? And this, this film is what clarifies it. This is sort of one of the things that um, <clears throat> makes me really like what's going on in Star Wars and what is going to happen. Because taking something that amounts to an idea that is on screen up until now, that's on screen for like a handful of minutes, but you can feel the the weight of of what they're talking about, even though it's never like, that's just it. Like, Hey, we got these plans. Right. Make a this, story out of it. Yeah. And now, and the, that movie happened because of this. And now it's, now it's like, Hey, so you and I have talked before about the way they seem to be creating the new content seems to be like these very like broad strokes. If you, if you looked closer, there's a lot of additional stories that you could tell. Yeah. And I feel very strongly that rogue one is the standard for guys if we just wanted to dip our toes into something we've already thought up Mm -hmm. we can make really quality content i feel like they tried it with phantom menace clone wars uh third one slash sixth one revenge of the sith revenge of the sith they tried that right because like uh in a new hope right obi-wan is like oh i have something something since the clone wars well now we see these are the clone wars you know so that that's kind of cool too but i feel like those movies are okay like some people do not like them right Correct. like yep. and i'm sure some people don't like a new hope or rogue one i'm sure not also right but i feel like the first the the first three the one original three trilogy. are yep. like uh uh oh my gosh this is going to be this is going to get so confusing i'm going to try and how should going forward how should we refer to every one of these so here's what i want you to do here's what i want you to do if it's if it's like mark hamill carrie fisher you know and uh harrison ford yes i want you to think original trilogy okay if it's ewan mcgregor natalie portman liam neeson i want you to think prequel trilogy okay and if it's actors i've never seen before that they just came out the most recently i want yes. you to think sequel trilogy okay original prequel sequel in that order okay and they and in that order they take they take place middle beginning end correct nailed it nailed it so they tr- they use the prequel trilogy seamless as, nice. a, as a test run to mm-hmm. give us rogue one i feel then um so because it's the same it's the same principle and then they use a sequel trilogy to tell us the prequel trilogy with updated graphics anyway <laughs> it's the same it's the same sort of they're expanding and and obviously it's been said that he wanted he wanted to make the prequel trilogy first but knew that the technology wasn't there correct yep so he 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 did what he what he could but right. Rogue One was never like on the docket, was no. it? No, Rogue One. So if the if the nine films that make up the Skywalker saga mm-hmm. are on a storyboard somewhere, Rogue One doesn't fit in that storyboard. So when I was rewatching the the movie the other yep. day, I was actively taking notes because having read uh, Winkle's email, yeah, and you and I having talked a little bit about it off screen, I thought. 
I wonder if I pay attention, like what what's going to pop if I just, you know, watch this. Yeah. You know, and without without not for looking at anything in particular, but just like what speaks to you while you're watching it. <clears throat> so the first thing that comes to my mind, and we should we should at some point here um, really talk about what Winkle his emails about because yeah we'll get there over over the next episode or two we may episode, have to oh that's right up, we were talking right? about we might need to do a two-part i don't want to have to he he wrote a very well thought out email and i do not want to rush any of it gotcha also i'm gonna milk that teat sure <laughs> as much as i can yeah so the first thing the the first thing about rogue one when you're watching it that makes it feel different to me is that everything is dirty in in rogue one yeah people are like physically dirty they sweat their clothes are like in some state of disrepair and if you go back and watch the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy they're marching around in like swamps and deserts with like designer label clothes you know mm -hmm. and everyone's fine running across the death star and you know doing the trench run everybody's cool you know and there's no not a bead of sweat on anybody's face you think Hugo Boss made the uh, uh, Empire's outfits design? The I think Vader the was like, "You're a part of the Empire now, Hugo." Sorry. Yeah, and he except I didn't say sorry because right. I'm the dude in the suit. That's a Hugo Boss designing the Nazi uniform yeah. reference. Oh, I was unaware of that. Thank you. Yeah. Now knowledge drop. Did IBM make all of the? technology for the computers for uh is that Empire? another is that they, another nazi thing they they designed the com first computers used to catalog and and uh keep track of all of the people in the concentration camp. oh and and serviced Ooh. them uh well after the u.s told them to stop interesting didn't right, be a let's... bummer on the star wars podcast yeah it is kind of a bummer. i'm gonna veer back to rogue one just yeah. briefly um oh yeah fake violence much better yeah so in this film, I think one of the reasons why it speaks to me differently than it speaks to the other films is that this feels like an attempt to put Star Wars in a setting that people can more easily identify with. Like, it feels like a struggle because nothing goes their way. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and... And it these... wasn't, it wasn't like as black and white as the other ones where it's like there's the alliance and then there's uh the empire there right. was also like other factions that they had to fight against that weren't just the stormtroopers right like they had a fight in town with some extremists oh and the stormtroopers and you know but yeah you're right and so this what you're what you're bringing up now is another excellent point as to why i think it feels more real is that in the skywalker saga it's very black and white like here's the good guys and there's the bad guys and they're fighting for the fate of the universe mm -hmm. but like if you look at like you know just some of the conflicts that like we have been aware of in our time here on earth like it's very rarely that distinct and so yeah. like in rogue one our kind of our crew of heroes if you want to call them that I would think they're heroes, but like they go to this uh, moon called Jeddah and you find that there's a group of quote unquote rebels fighting against the empire. Mm -hmm. And then our group's kind of caught in the middle. And sometimes you got to shoot the guys that are in the stormtrooper outfits. And sometimes you got to shoot the guys that are in the other outfits. And yeah. so like, there's a lot of hurt feelings. And so like, that's the thing about the rebellion that like you don't get a good sense of in the, in the original trilogy but when you get into like shows like Star Wars Rebels and Rogue One, yeah. you get the you get the idea that like the rebellion isn't a centralized movement that's being coordinated by a certain number of individuals. It's just people <laughs> fighting the empire on their own yeah. who eventually run into one another and then have to work together and you realize that they their goals aren't all the same like and like a lot of the people, a lot of the rebels in this movie are jerks. Right. And that's something that was uh, something that I was surprised about a few times. Again, I, I'm only halfway into it, hmm. but I wrote down uh, or I took note of a couple of times, like 
it def it starts out like they find Jin, right? And they're like, hey, you know, we need you for the betterment of the world. And if you don't, we have these ideas and, and we need your help. If you don't help us, we're going to just give you back to we'll drop you back off where we got you. Right. Thanks for and, nothing. And like, so a lot, it definitely makes it a little, because I feel like if this had happened in the original trilogy, huh? mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah then well, it would so have been like hey is, can yeah. you please help us and yes. she could have been like i don't feel like it. and they're like that is your right as a human as a living human being yeah. peace be with you may the force guide your guide your dreams to a happy eternity right mm. here they're like um i'll just give you to the fucking wolves if you don't want to help us right and like sagarera mm-hmm. he's like ah you've come you've come with help well i don't really trust you so i guess my best thing that i can do then is use this alien mm-hmm. which is another thing they they int- introduced some new aliens in this which is nicer what, whatever that thing was i've never heard of it before so. the more more gullet boo gully yeah more more gullet but it's like oh okay no to make sure i i understand you're telling me that you you sought us out you came here on your own free will you i understand you're saying you gave us this stuff i mean all my band of seemingly also good guys Mm -hmm. they're telling me that they found you and you're a lying piece of shit so you know so in order to make sure that you are telling the truth i have this friend he's gonna make sure you can't lie he's gonna scramble the fuck out of your brain yeah, you and might be left with permanent yeah, brain damage. That is a risk I'm willing to take <laughs> yeah, on you your know? behalf. Thank you. Yeah, and and it really made me think of uh, from the Suicide Squad. But it was just like I fucking love freedom, and I don't. I will kill every man, woman, and child to get it. Yeah, you know that's the well, vibe that they give off, which is completely different than yeah. what vibe they are going to have immediately after this. If you think about it in chronological order, right? Right. Which maybe, yeah. maybe that sort of mentality let's think about this did that sort of mentality early on pave the way so that the rebels going forward can be like guys come on i mean there's no there's no depiction that someone in there is like guys we got to change our ways we're being too we're being no better than them to accomplish our mission i in my opinion or is it just a writing difference so in my opinion i think that were originally introduced to most of these concepts in like the original trilogy. And then over time they get fleshed out in a number of different like um, vehicles, comics, video games, right. um, Television shows. And so you have, you have to write for those things differently based upon their medium. So you're not writing a television show the same way you write a comic book. But it's interesting to do that, but also be like, by the way, these are canon. Yes. So they all count, right? They all, they, uh, Rogue One is considered to be canon. Mm-hmm. So they all do count. And so the way that I look at it is it's, a, it's an ever-present system of refinement. Peeling sure. off layers, basically. And so Rogue One was the layer that says this is this is what it looks like when it's the nitty-gritty like this what this is what it looks like when like you're in the shit and like i think the first i mean like i'm sitting in the theater just jacked to watch this movie right yeah and like one of our heroes cassie and andor meets this guy with a bum shoulder in like an alleyway yeah yeah and he he kills two stormtroopers and you're like okay that's what rebels do right so this guy's like i'm not gonna be able to get out of here like i can't climb out with my arm and and anders like calming him down right and he's like it's gonna be okay dude i'm gonna get you out of here and then shoots him in the back and kills him back so he can run away and not get caught right and i was like i completely forgot about that and then i was like wait a minute what happened he's He's a good guy the dude (laughs) yeah and then ran away and then you're like so one of the, the things i love about rogue one and so i this is probably the fourth or fifth time that i've watched the film mm-hmm. but like i just find something new to love about these movies every single yeah. time i watch them yeah for and sure. like the thing that i loved about that scene was it's like 
both of those guys meeting in those alleys were risking their lives by being there. And like at some point, and I think that this movie did a pretty good job of showing the rebellion side of this. Like it's you or me. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the whole theme of what this rebellion is. It's like, ultimately it comes down to like, I have to kill more of you than you can kill more of me so to get the other person to stop mm-hmm. or the other side to stop to yeah. win. So we can, so we can impose our political ideologies, whatever they happen to be. But he was an ally. Them. Well, I mean, but let's like saying like, so if I think that if you ask gang members in like Los Angeles, California, uh-huh. what their view of the police are, uh-huh. they're going to say that they're like this, militarized gang of people who are there to keep them in line and do whatever they want them to do and if you ask the cops about the gang members it's a bunch of like non-conformist anarchists who are out there to do whatever they want to do regardless of the rules like but in the when you boil it right down to it it's two groups of armed individuals with with different ways of thinking about stuff and like Mm -hmm. that's what i think this movie does a pretty good job of indicating is that the empire is an organized efficient authoritarian machine that is just inevitably moving forward with whatever their plans are and the rebellion is a bunch of scheming disorganized freedom fighters out for their basically their own unique individualistic needs who are trying to come together for the only reason is that it gives them a better chance to win not because they like each other not because they're even necessarily fighting for the same thing you know, like some people would be like, well, I'm here because I don't think that the empire should be, in, you know, basically restricting our freedoms. And other people are here like, because they killed my mom, you know, and sure. other people are here like, well, they incorrectly like changed the government and they weren't allowed to do that then. And this is all a farce and we need to change it back because those are the rules. You know, and then other people are just like, I don't want to live that way. You know, and so I think this movie does a really good idea to show like the rebellion is this kind of like melting pot of different motivations. They're also making enemies along the way, right? Well, they can't, they can't help but do it because not, they, not, and I mean, making people be like, well, maybe the empire isn't so bad. Like this, this group of people right. doesn't like what the government is doing. Now they did just blow up a planet. But, like, uh, they don't like what the government is doing, and they are killing people, seemingly innocent people, on their road to achieve what they want. Correct. Yeah, that's an accurate description of the Empire. I was referring to the Rebellion. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Right? Cassian, that man that he meets and kills was an ally to the rebellion 100 percent, right and he he killed him yes without a second thought yeah because so there's a couple because he thought that it was important to the rebellion that he stay alive while this other autonomous human being does not correct so this is this is the first time that you really see like a differentiated morality brought to the rebellion like the empire to my knowledge has never had kind of that like kid gloves we're here to help you approach no ever like even it's like a thought experiment presented to like the the consumer but like finally here with the rebellion we have this idea that it's like these may not be people that you ever really want to associate with but they're the ones that are out there fighting for freedom what in some form whatever that might look like Mm -hmm. so cassian guns down this guy in an alley he's going to assassinate Jin's father. You know, like his boss is not doing what the other rebel leaders wanted them to go do. Like everyone is, has out for their, like, this is what I think is the best course of action. We're going to do that because my pawns in play, you know? And so Cassian's a super interesting character and I'm totally stoked for his television show when it's like 2023 Mm -hmm. because if we can get this kind of like seesaw where it's like I do terrible things, but it's because I want things to get better kind of back and forth. Now we know, we know that the motives are 
pure or at least good right different there's a tyrannical government correct yep in their in their eyes i don't believe that there were they elected officials the empire so or did they take over the seat because we don't know up until now right like we know what happens after but well so the only thing we really know about becoming the empire is that like when palpatine initiated order 66 and purged the jedi that's well after this happens though right well before this happens you're right no you're right chronologically so like this is between episodes three and four so effectively prequel trilogy and the original trilogy that's right gold star buddy so effectively what this is doing is that it's it's showing the fact that palpatine effectively initiated a change to the galactic republic and by the time that a new hope comes out chronologically do you remember the scene in a new hope where tarkin and vader walk into the like big conference room table yes and they're talking about the death star and this guy's like this station is now the ultimate power in the universe and he gets all mouthy with vader so vader chokes him yeah you know like that scene tarkin says something where he says the regional governors have now been given direct control of their territories and the galactic senate has finally been swept away right it took palpatine 20 years since he said it's going to be a galactic empire until he effectively removed the last vestige of democracy right from the government i'm such a terrible star wars fan no you're right (laughs) i know i i know (laughs) I couldn't like, remember the sequence of when these movies took place, but now I remember. Yeah, I mean, right. you watch them eight or nine more times, it'll be fine. Right. So, you know, so now we have like, we are still in transition. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the, the right. empire is still changing. Palpatine yeah. and now Vader rule the empire. That's they that's, are, they right. are the two in charge. So, they, yeah. they took it over, however, through election. It was they what they it did was legal, if not moral, as far as like the right. way that they did it politically. Right. So, <clears throat> uh, just uh, what makes the rebellion not just a bunch of domestic terrorists? Domestic so in, in in the sense that the so empire the, is huge. the only difference, or the galaxy is huge. In my opinion, whether you're talking about real life or you're talking about a work of fiction, is which side are you on? Sure. Because one man's freedom fighter is one man's terror is another man's terrorist. And that's the difference. And we know we've been told as viewers and readers and watchers that the rebellion is on the side of good. So they're, they're freedom fighters. They're not terrorists. Okay. So my question then before we, I lost my uh, timeline of thought. Sure. So we know, we know that the cause that Cassian is fighting for is good. And we know that the outcome is good because we have we know how it ends right is it worth it not 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 thinking about that but is it worth it to do what these people are doing as far as killing and torturing people on the road to getting what you're wanting to achieve like they i have to imagine that they are awful people right up until they succeed I mean, I mean, that's a question that ever, I mean, that's one of the fun things about this film is like, how different is it from what Saw Gerrera did to Bodhi, who I believe is the pilot yes. that defected? Yes. Than what we did to people in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> no. Don't, don't, don't bring it to real life. I want to just saying No, I mean, but like, that's the question, right? Like, yeah. whether or not these people, these people are terrible right. because like what we would have said then and i don't i'm not taking sides here but like what this is we did this right we use torture as a means of gaining information we used so, to right we used to right we don't do it anymore no part no. sound so like um we had people that were suspected of being taking part in 9-11 in some way shape or form we sent them down to guantanamo bay in which i believe is in u.s occupied cuba where is it guantanamo bay yeah, sure yeah and, you know, and then tortured them for however long and held them, you know, without due process or whatever it was. And I'm not, and I'm kind of getting out of my, the, where I feel comfortable discussing this right now, but like what we got the, there when you asked me where it was, uh, right. To, to compare it to the geometry is not my strong suit. 
like right so this so galen urso who's played by mads mickelson yeah mickelson sends this guy Bodie to defect with this information about the weakness in the death star and he sends them to an old ally saw guerrera played by forrest whitaker who, who I've hated th- his daughter's life to correct who he entrusted his at like nine or 10 years old. Yeah. And so the first thing that, I mean, so at this point saw has had some other stuff go down. Sure. That was 15 years ago. And like for him now he walks around with an iron lung. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, he doesn't even have feet anymore. Like they've been cut off. So, I mean, like it's not going well for saw, but like, he gets this guy and like the, the reason that he does it is he can't be sure that he, like he's, he's not trying to kill him yeah or lure him into a trap or something yeah now the problem is that the death star kind of makes traps irrelevant <laughs> right because it's like i'm blowing up all the other traps on the planet too yeah but like he has to be he has to be certain beyond paranoia that the guy's on the level and whether that means torturing him or like literally causing him brain damage, he, he can't take the risk. Yeah. So and is that all right to do if this your is the, life is on the line? This is the first time, and I and I don't think I, I feel like Qui-Gon Jinn would, mm-hmm. would not feel this way. Maybe he would. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Or Obi-Wan mm-hmm. that does the ends justify the means. So Obi would say no, they do not. Right. I don't know about Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon might. He might be. Qui-Gon, I, I, he's, he's a wild card, right? He kind of does. He kind of has his own viewpoint on yeah. shit. It doesn't matter. So, at, and at this point, Jedi are no more. Correct. The purge right. has happened. The, the organization that is the, the Jedi. Right. So as far <laughs> as we know. <laughs> it's uh, Italian. Why is that funny? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, Right. So they, this is like the only time I feel like, I feel like the original trilogy was, was comprised of and put together by a bunch of uh, rebellion sympathists and, and rogue one was written by a uh, journalist that an investigative journalist. We just, we just watched a, a two and a half hour serial podcast on, what mm-hmm. really happened at the, in the uh, beginning times of the rebellion, right? I really like the way you describe that. <laughs> that's that's what it seems like. To, just like yeah. the way that the way that the the uh, quote unquote good guys treated everybody. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, so, so hang on, real quick. What yeah. you just said reminds me. Um, I like I like King Henry the Eighth or learning about him okay i think he's a pretty fascinating individual so there was this um artist um very popular artist in europe and so near the end of his life um henry brought this guy in to paint his self-portrait so he sits for however long hours and hours this guy paints the picture and then henry leaves and the guy completes it and he says all right my my lord come in and take a look henry doesn't like it so um, Hobine, that's the guy's name. Hobine says to King of England, um, you know, in what way would you like me to change it? And so Henry says it needs to be bigger, you know. And so the the debate for you know for among historians has been, does Henry mean like it needs to impress upon the viewer a larger image of himself and like what he was in history? So, anyways, Hobine goes back to the drawing board calls henry back in late you know months later yeah and the painting is literally gigantic it's exactly the fucking same it's just bigger yeah henry walks out of the room and says it's well done and pays him and leaves and like that's i don't know why i'm telling you this all of a sudden but like um i'm waiting i'm waiting for you to bring it around oh dude because i had it too i had the connection but like like that's kind of the thing that I think that we have we have seen. Why did I bring this up? Is it because there was a salient point? I feel like you're wanting to say we read we're reading too much into something when it's just as simple as make it larger. 
it's very that's very possibly it it's not ringing it's not hitting a home run with me right now i don't know why but like you said so you said something like we yep. we just watched a true tri- a true crime podcast and it yeah. was done by like a journalist yeah and so that made me think of this yeah. as like the difference between what something is mm-hmm. and how it's being portrayed and sure. even though those two paintings are effectively the same exact thing mm-hmm. the king of england thought one was better than the other just because it was bigger yeah don't know how that plays into what we were talking about. That was the point I wanted to make. Hey, man, that's for the viewer to it's decide. It's not good conversations the- <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, if yeah. you're irate right now, get the fuck off our right. backs. If you're it's listening to this podcast and you haven't done something like what I just did, <laughs> great. You're a better person than I am. Gold star. You you record yourself talking, and I don't yeah. know why we're getting so defensive. We're really upset right about yeah. other people. Right you, now, yeah. you record yourself and then yeah. have a cogent Put yourself out there. Thought process and finish it. Okay, I we dare you. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, <laughs> so one of the things that you started touching on uh, yeah. that I want to go back to was uh, we, uh, Master Winkle mentioned that this is his favorite, mm-hmm. uh, his favorite movie, and he he's not quite sure why. I get the feeling of like he has some ideas. Like tonally, mm-hmm. uh, it's more consistent than the other movies. He also mentions yes. that there aren't any. Dis- too many distracting elements like Jar Jar or C-3PO. Shout yes. out to a fellow C-3PO hater because fuck that robot. He's really annoying. Uh, and I had some thoughts about that. Great. Which to me, I was thinking why it would be somebody's favorite. Um, and, he, and I mean, it certainly is one of mine too. Uh, but he mentioned how it tonally it feels a little bit more consistent and everything. Um, and for me, I kind of felt like because it's not open ended, it's very much closed ended. That part of the story, yes. we meet these people, we form a relationship with these people, and then they die, and we right. are done with that relationship. That yeah. part of the because it ends with the beginning, an already established beginning of another movie, correct? So there's a, a very distinct end to Rogue One. Whereas, there's no there's no rogue two in, no, in development no and with all of the other star wars movies it definitely feels like a long continuous story told over multiple movies whereas this one not only does it flesh out a couple of ideas that everyone's been wondering for a long time uh, or at least that has been mentioned but it has a distinct beginning we see uh we see Jin and yep. Galen or so. I'm and still proud ends, of you right now. Yep. It ends with Jin and uh, Cassian, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And also uh, Bodhi. He, he, he's oh, on that man. Too. Real quick, because yep. we haven't even touched on my favorite character in the whole in the whole movie yet. Yeah. But like every single time that any of these people die, you feel awful. Yeah. Because you realize the, the immensity of their sacrifice. And the immensity of their sacrifices, each each one of them was a baby step towards the like the one percent chance that they were going to be able to pull this shit off. Yeah, like and it's 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 fantastic storytelling. And <clears throat> I have questions I don't want to get into right now mm. about because that's not what this podcast today is about. About yeah. the forces. Um, the the forces uh role place yes role in the events of well that's a real bummer because that's the kind of shit i love talking about (laughs) i do want to talk about it episode two right the sequel to this one's going to be a a humdinger right um what were we talking about so we were talking about basically how like this movie has a beginning, middle, and yeah, end yeah. compared the mission, to all the, the, the other movies. The mission was well stated uh, towards the middle of the movie, right? Because they didn't want her to go out in the first place. But anyway, they, right. the, the mission of Jin was yeah. fulfilled, and then she's done. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. like, what, what's her place going to be now? Or what's it going to look like? It's just... At what point in Star Wars history have we ever had closure from any of the films? Yeah right they're not so the star wars the the skywalker saga there's no point to issuing closure in that particular story no but and so what i think i think one of the things that people really enjoy 
mm-hmm. about Rogue One, and one I know that I I enjoy it, is like I am always impressed by storytellers that are like, here's the beginning, middle, and the end, and this is my story, and I'm going to tell it to you, and if you like it, I'm really excited for you. But this right. is what the story is. Yeah, and and he mentions how uh, Winkle, being he, uh, Master Winkle, mentions how we know it's not a great ending which i was super bummed <laughs> oh i hate any movie mm-hmm. which is funny he brings up he, he uses romeo and juliet as uh as a an uh, example of how you know how it ends and you're still like watching it and that's one of my favorite movies sure uh um but yeah it's definitely i was bummed i was just i really do not like movies where the main character dies i understand you know and I even even if I get it sometimes, I still my brain is just like, no, he should have done this and they would have lived and I can right. be happy after watching it. Yeah. You know, I hear you. <clears throat> I don't agree with you in this one, but I, I hear you. Sure. Why? So the fact that they all die, I think highlights the kind of uphill battle that the rebellion here is really fighting. Mm -hmm. Like it's very easy, especially as somebody who maybe just goes and watches the films in the theaters to get the idea that like the rebellion has bases somewhere, the empire has bases somewhere, and you're just kind of duking it out for like these lines drawn in the sand and whoever wins is going to control everything. Drawn in the stars. In the star. That's even, that's very poetic. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. You ruined it. So. (laughs) But, but, I mean, I don't necessarily know that everyone likes all the characters at the beginning. So we have Jin, who doesn't want to be there, seems to be pretty much like, if, I'm, if I have any contact with another human being or anybody else, they're going to hurt me in some way. Cassian's a loner and an assassin who, who would rather pull the trigger than talk first, right? We have a reprogrammed Imperial droid, K2SO, who's the fucking bomb as far as i'm concerned the perfect comedic element for this the story yeah and then we have um bodhi who is a uh defector who might have brain damage we're not sure and then two characters we haven't even talked about baze malgus and his buddy uh chirrut who they pick up on chirrut yeah I have a, I have a lot about him. We're going to talk, we'll talk about cheer a lot next episode because he's had a big influence. He's on on the fourth side of, of my conversation. Yes. So, and these people basically are literally thrown together through circumstance, end up becoming a family in a lot of ways and they all die and they all die for the same cause with one another, accomplishing a separate part of a whole that could not have been put together in any other way so i just think that the way that rogue one gets told Mm -hmm. i it's sad when they die i'm not saying it's not sad what i'm saying is the fact that they do sacrifice themselves in order for there to be hope that there is a greater good is incredibly moving to me and i think that that carries a lot of weight yeah i think that it would not have been as good a movie if they didn't die right i still don't like it but i understand i i acquiesce that my brother-in-law and we've i've told the story once or twice went to see this movie and he was amped but he he was he's a casual fan and didn't Mm -hmm. know that they didn't make it out yeah and so five ten minutes and like before the movie ends, he's leaning over and whispering to my sister, like, I don't think they're going to make it. <laughs> and then she, she, Abby, my sister, who is also a casual, still knew that they died. And so she wasn't going to ruin it for him. Good for her. And so she was just like, she like patted his hand and was like nodding. Yeah. And then when the planet blew up, <laughs> Doug, I mean, Doug is upset to this day about Rogue One and will not talk about it with me. I like to think whenever that happens when i think that they're gonna make it out like i'm just sitting there like the war the planet is decimated i'm just like oh man this is gonna be crazy when they come back from this right nope (laughs) yeah you know and like it's sad to me in a number of ways because if you break this group up into its individual components like k2so 
was an enemy that became they they made him into a good guy. reprogrammed uh imperial droid right but like sacrifices himself in like maybe the most heroic way possible to save his friends right yeah and then like i'm firmly i'm firmly in the belief that by the end of it Jin and cassian are in love with each other but there's no Why, time though i mean sure there's no time well on the on the elevator ride down the way that he looks at her that's straight up i love you and I challenge anybody to be like, oh, no, that's friendship. You're wrong. Yeah, but two hours before that or whatever, he wanted to murder her dad. And and he thought that she was an idiot. Right. A lot of stuff happened in those two hours. I mean, like, (laughs) you know, and by, I mean, like, and I, I believe that, like, they knew you know mission accomplished but we're not getting out of this and there's no I more think reason that, for- i think that yeah. that is the important element uh makes that from which the love sprouts right <clears throat> if i'm going out if right i'm on a if i'm on a suicide mission yeah and there's there's somebody else going down with me i think mm-hmm. that there's a bond formed oh agreed an un if I'm on one of those tropical beaches with Felicity Trammell and like someone blows up the planet, I'm gonna be like, "You're looking real good right now, Felicity." I, if I show. were uh, if I were on the island with K2SO and I saw, oh, man. Like, I just be like, "Hey, he is like seven foot tall." I know everyone likes him tall, man. Yeah, in yeah. uniform, just yeah. like what kind of ports you working with there, K2? We got a. He was great, but like, and then then Bays and Chirrut were friends, you know, and they they die together i really like their relationship for sure he's like the muscle and he's the uh, smooth the smooth uh operator as it were and bodhi you know bodhi's kind of this like he's not real successful with anything that he he has done up until that point in the movie right but like another thing that i love about this is like there's no force users right yes this isn't a Jedi strike favorite team. things about the movie. Right, exactly. And I think a lot of people feel the same way is that like we don't have a Jedi strike team landing five against 500 lightsabers gleaming, charging the beach, picking shit up in the air, throwing stuff around, jumping 30 feet in the sky. These are people who are like you and me who mm-hmm. like picked up a weapon and they're like, she says that when they, when they're going to Scarif, like, we're going to land on that beach and we're going to take a chance and we're going to take the next chance and we're going to go until we're either successful or the chances are spent. Right. And like, you fucking nailed it, girl. Like, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. I mean, and so like those guys, that was the right thing to say to that group of people at that precise moment in history to get everything that they had. And every single one of those people fucking gave every single thing that they had, you know, even the dude that's like, you're going to kill guy. You yeah. know, the red shirts on the beach or whatever that you don't know what their name. There's this one moment where it's this, um, I don't know how to describe him. But he's not a named character. Um, he's got, he's a, it's a very, he's a very skinnish African-American British actor uh-huh. who's working with Bodie and like Bodie has plugged in the, the cord to get the communications beacon working. Yes. And like, then uh, Cassian is on the like on the t- on the com link to Bodhi, and he's like, "You got to make this happen. You got to go now. There's no other way. This has got to fucking work. Like, do it. Mm-hmm. Figure it out." And so you see like this realization come over Bodhi's face. He's like, "I gotta go," and he's trying to run into the ship to plug in, and he starts running. And this dude that I'm trying to remember who his name is sees him going, and he just like pops up, and he just starts like plunking away with he his gun, understands. and he immediately gets shot and killed. Yeah. But his whole reason for existing, and he knew it in that moment, was I have to take and eat one of these bullets so this other guy can get the job done. You know, right. and like this movie, like low key, like went band of brothers for me in a lot of really subtle ways. Mm-hmm. And I totally love it because it's like every single thing that this movie tried to do was like we accomplished what we set up to do plus one other thing. And like you, you start to add up on the checklist of whether or not you like the movie, and it's like yeah, one here, two here, three here, four here. It's a nine. Sure. You know, and it's just like it's unfortunate they all die because you want them to, they, you want them to reap the benefits of what their sacrifice meant, but it's a sacrifice. 
Right. Does that sacrifice make up for shooting a dude in uh, in a town? So, I mean, let's let's talk about that. Yeah. So, he's a straight up murderer. He he's an he's an assassin. He's not he a good. Could dude. not know. Right. That his leg mm-hmm. of or could it? Could right. he? Or could, could he have done? We didn't try. Was right, and that's part of the that's part of my point. Right. Right. Is he didn't he, try. No. Heroes would try. Right. Right. And so. So Heroes guess, also sacrifice for something bigger than themselves. So this is my question: Like, if you're if you're a bad person, is redemption possible? So you have. You, let's just put it in our world. You have some guy who does a drive by and kills someone else, mm-hmm. an innocent who's not involved in it. Can that person find redemption? Because I mean, if that person can't find redemption, then redemption doesn't mean much. You think so? I think so. Because like, to me, I mean, we've talked a lot about like it, like off the podcast about like most things like feelings or yeah. situations being on a spectrum, right? Yeah. So if there's a limit to what redemption can accomplish, what does it really mean? I think that, I, th- I think that redemption is different for everybody. Let's say that dude shoots some, some, some family's 10 year old daughter. That's sure. just hanging out in her front yard. Right. I don't know if that if that person will ever achieve redemption to that family. That dude right. could at, at some point, oh my gosh, I'm a 99% bone marrow match for your wife. This dude mm-hmm. is this getting rough fam, rough times for this family, but for right. your wife, for your other kid that will die right. without this bone. I'm the only one with it, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do. I think it. There was an episode of House where that was the exact storyline, <laughs> something like that. But like, does that does that so, achieve? Does he achieve redemption then? So let's say. So this is the question because I think this is what's applicable to like Cassian in particular here. Yeah. The family in your in your example, they may never think that he's a hero, right? Because he's the guy that killed their family member, right? Does history remember Cassian differently than that family perceives him? So, right, right. What's it say on on his statue? Which we should never make statues of individuals ever. But what does what does his stat? What's the plaque on his statue say? Yes. Does it um, say he he gave his life for the betterment of humanity, or right. still shot that? Dude or or he gave his life for the betterment of humanity, comma, and he killed whoever he had to to get it. Right. So, I mean, like, and that's the point, right? And so here's what happens is like, I think if it's you and me watching Rogue One, we think Cassian's a hero at the end of it. Look what he accomplished. Look if what he you watch the second three, the, the last three quarters, if you skip the first 20 minutes of the movie, then you're like, Cassian is the man. Right. But like, also you skip I- the part where he blindly wants to kill Jin's father. Well, he was told to. I mean, like, I, I mean, and Jim was dad just did following orders, right. right? Right. So after after Jin said, mm-hmm. "Hey, my dad left me this message that Saw Guerrera, who is a friend of the rebellions, mm-hmm. he showed me this, mm-hmm. saying my dad is a, is defected. Yep. He's working with us. He has these plans. Let's go save him." And instead, he's like, no, mm-hmm. this other guy who, by the way, I get the vibe that whoever gave Cassie and his orders was working with his own interest. It definitely feels not above board when he's like, I know that this is a rescue mission. We aren't rescuing shit. Right. You it's shoot on site for you. Wink, handshake, nudge. Right. So, I mean, this is, this goes back to like, there being these like disparate elements in the rebellion, like this guy has got his own agenda, you know? And like maybe Mon Mothma, who's the woman who's in charge of the rebellion and like, oh no, Leia's father, Senator DeVale Organa, they, they would never be like, shoot that dude in the alley. Jimmy Smith is fantastic. Yeah. Um, they would never be like, no, shoot that dude in an alley if that's what you have to do. Right. But 
I think that I think that if you went and like if you if you surveyed a bunch of generals sure and politicians they might be like we completely don't condone this behavior and then if you if you if you ask a bunch of majors and sergeants they'd be like um shit does not get done unless you murder people in alleys sorry to break it to you everyone else yeah but like you can't fight wars nice so i think that that's the difference there is that you but he was definitely going against what the ideals of the rebellion wanted to stand for when he's like you pop that motherfucker first chance you get this is not a rescue mission now go on your rescue mission and like the the rebellion is not this like cohesive top-down hierarchy where it's like you follow orders like which is nice it's nice to not have the good guys be completely good right because it feels more real i'm just i'm obviously playing devil's advocate here i know but but like To understand or to acknowledge that all all victories are paved in blood and death and genocide like that's it's nice to know that that's how that's always been done and always will be done i don't know if it's nice to know but to me so kind of to kind of wrap up this idea about cassian yeah here's the way that i like to think about it is like you can have heroes but you had better understand that those heroes weren't heroic all the time right and if you if you look at someone and you venerate them only for what you perceive their accomplishments to be without realizing they may have had to and probably did do something non-heroic in order to accomplish it i think you're discrediting the the target of your veneration so like right you have to give them both sides of the coin yeah, like personally, I mean, there's not personally, but there's something to be said about, um, yeah, Cassian, Cassian fucked up, uh, and he also died. He was also integral in the success of what we did, yeah. which is a which can be motivational to be like hey man you may be a fuck up but you don't have to be you don't have to stay a fuck up i think jen had a good positive influence on him i think that she in the 36 hours that they were together i mean yeah but like what a what a 36 hours right right well yeah a lot like yeah i mean like it's like oh i aged a year that week you know like (laughs) yeah so i mean like i think that she was a a pretty big mirror to be like, when was the last time that you stopped and thought about what you're actually doing? Right. And I think that when he, when he, when she forced him to take a look at it, I don't think he probably really liked what he saw because I mean, like she goes and talks to the rebellion about like, you have to go to Scarif and get the plans. Like, if you don't do this, they're going to win. Like, this is it. You got to go. Yeah. And they're like, now nah, we can't do it. We're, we're kind of shitheads about this whole thing. And so then like he went out and he found a dozen, a dozen guys. It's like, we have we know we have to do this they had to rebel against the rebellion to continue with the rebellion and and they their their disobedience got dragged everyone along and like they needed every single person to to pull that off what's the saying uh well-behaved women rarely make history (laughs) yeah something like that yeah yeah uh so that's probably a good spot for uh round one of winkles thinkles can we can we do round two right now because i'm we're going to we're going to we have to i yeah uh but i think that i think that's a good spot it's um the it's interesting though because one of the themes that i wrote down was uh rebellions are built on hope yep uh and they did a lot of things to crush hope for a lot of people to get to be the, successful the stars of the show yeah right okay well just like they got to gin and they were like yeah they help basically us, help us or you're, or you're gonna you're, and that's the first one that we know of and this rebellion's right. been going on for a while yeah 20 years right so 
I, I like to imagine that they they started out like, guys, we got to be better than them to guys. They got some pretty good tactics. And then back to, okay, we're better than them again at some point, right? Because there was a shift. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. All right. Round one. Done. As always. Oof. As always. Wow. Shut up. Wow. Thank you for the email master winkle we'll, we'll continue to talk it. about it here in 10 minutes it'll be a week for you mm. but 10 minutes for us and also mm-hmm. let that be a lesson to all of you other people listening if you email us cool shit we'll talk about it we will talk about it yeah guaranteed for now yeah okay thanks for listening i hope you listen extraordinarily to our mediocre Ooh. conversation i like that one yeah i'm gonna go with this is Rogue One signing off. Oh, man, forever. Wait, are yeah, we going to die? I mean, at some point, yeah. Ah. Well, if, we you, don't, don't know if when. you don't hear a follow-up to this, assume I first. died. Because mm-hmm. I'm the one that posts all the episodes to the that's internet. Right. <laughs> that's right. I don't know what I'm doing, so that's it. Okay, bye. Uh, may the Force be with you. See you guys.